Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. All right, so this is week one in a brand new series of messages called Identity Crisis. And I want to begin uh, this week by asking you a quick question. If, I, if you and I were not acquainted, if we, were, uh, we didn't know each other, and I came to you and I asked you, who are you? How would you respond? Chances are, it would depend on context. So if a stranger says to you, who are you? If you happen to be standing in line at the DMV, they want to see your driver's license. If you're at a wedding and somebody says, who are you? What they mean is, do you know the bride? Do you know the groom? How do you know the family? You know, that, that's the question there. Uh, so, so the question, who are you, uh, usually is answered according to the context in which it is asked. But in many instances, you would probably begin with your name. Hi, my name's Bert. Or you'd say your name, unless your name is also Bert, which is cool. Okay, so, um, hi, my name is so-and-so. You begin with your name, but that's not who you are. That's just your name. Try to go a little deeper. Okay, well, who are you? What's the real answer to that question? And I know right away, out of the gate, we're getting philosophical, but let's talk about the data for a minute. You have numbers associated with you that comprise your digital identity. Each one of you has an identity, a a, a digital imprint in the world. So you have a name, and you have a date of birth, and you have uh, a social security number, perhaps. You have a driver's license number. You have an address. These points of data comprise your digital identity. They they, they are what, uh, they're how we exist out there in, uh, in, in, in the zeros and ones of computer world. That's our identity when it comes to credit reports, when it comes to our taxes, when it comes to our banking, when it comes to our finances, when it comes to our digital correspondence, our social media imprint. The, the, all this stuff is digital, but it really doesn't have anything to do with who we really are. And that data can be manipulated. Anybody here, uh, anybody here ever been the uh, victim, raise your hand if you've been the uh, victim of identity theft? Anybody? Yeah, a bunch of us. So, and others of you, like, you don't want to raise your hand because you don't want anybody to steal your identity. Okay, so, like, identity theft happens when somebody gets a hold of some of your data. If somebody gets a hold of all that data, and somebody gets a hold of all your, your, your passwords, and your date of birth, and your, you know, your social, and, and, and your driver's license number, and all that stuff, if somebody gets it, they can pretend to be you. They can manipulate the data to create an identity theft. And what happens when there's an identity theft is someone else wants you to be responsible for their actions. Right? Identity theft is when somebody else wants you to be responsible for their actions. They want to do a bunch of stuff, but they want you to get the blame. They want to buy a bunch of stuff, but they want you to pay the bill. They want to, they want to borrow a bunch of money, but they want the debt to be assumed by you. That's how identity theft works. Um, something similar actually happened to me earlier this year. Uh, there, were, there was a, a, a person uh, or persons 
I'm told that this happened to a couple of other pastors as well. They just created a Google, like a Gmail email account, and the email was like PastorBert912 or something. And a couple of you guys got emails from PastorBert912 that said, hey, we have an emergency situation, and we need a gift card right away sent to this email address. And it was like, send the number and the PIN code for this. Send a photo of the gift card and the number and the PIN code to this email address right away. Please do not try to contact me via phone on this because I'm in an emergency prayer session. Love, Pastor. It was just, it was just like, I, I, somebody brought this to me, and I, I actually just laughed at it because I'm like, you, you have seriously underestimated how cynical our church is. Nobody's going to buy, you know, I, I, and to my knowledge, no one did. And if you did, your heart was in the right place. God bless you. Um, but somebody was trying to assume my identity and pretend they were me, and, you know, we, we reported it to Google and took care of it, but, you know, that's what, that's, that's identity theft. Now, identity theft doesn't just happen out there in the digital world, sometimes identity theft happens right here when we forget who we are. When you can't answer that question, when you don't really know who you are and what you're about, when you don't know how to answer that, who are you question. It's important. It's a big one. Now, a lot of times when people are like, oh, I don't know who I am. I'm trying to discover who I am. I'm trying to take some time and find out who I am. That's code for, I don't want to go to college. And so there's nothing wrong with a gap year. There's nothing wrong with, you know, late teens, early 20s is a difficult time. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing, you know, and, and, and going to college doesn't mean you automatically know who you are either. I get that. But for many people, this is like a big philosophical question that we're like too busy to answer. We're, we're, we're busy people. Nobody's, nobody, I, I don't ever talk to anybody and say, hey, how have you been? Nobody ever looks back at me and goes, yeah, I'm just bored. I'm not doing anything. Everybody's busy. Everyone's doing lots of stuff. So we don't have time for philosophical questions like, who am I? If you even have a moment to ask, who am I and what am I really about? you might be surprised at what you come up with. Because by now, you've probably deduced you are not the summation of your digital imprint. You have an eternal soul that has an identity. And I think if you want to know who you are, a great place to start is to check in with the one who made you. Because you were created by God. Some of my favorite verses are from the prophet Isaiah. This is Isaiah chapter 43, beginning at verse 1. Isaiah 43, beginning at verse 1. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I've called you by name. You are mine. If you're unsure of who you are, if you don't quite know how to answer that question this morning, you could do a lot worse than to begin with this statement. I am a person deeply loved by God. 
You this morning are a person deeply loved by God. Let that be the seat of your identity. Let that be the core of the answer to the question, who are you? This is who I am. This is who you are. You and I are people deeply loved by God. And that may not be your deepest sense of self today. Your deepest sense of self when it comes to God might be that you're a terrible disappointment. Maybe you've sinned. Maybe there's something in your life ongoing. Maybe there are things in your life that need addressing. Maybe there's, there's some stuff that, that needs correcting. That has been the case in my life. It's been the case in my life recently. There are things I'm soul, searching my own soul on. I'm dealing with. I'm wrestling with. And it's so hard when the condemnation be, you know, piles up and you feel awful and there's always another person out there to remind you and, and somebody, there's always somebody, right, to, to remind you of your past. It's hard in those moments to, to, to believe that you're forgiven, to believe that change has occurred and that God has given you a new start and a new beginning, but he has. You are a person deeply loved by God. Some of you guys have, have uh, if you've ever read the Gospels on your own, if you've ever opened up your Bible and read the Gospel of John, you may have noticed there's a phrase that appears over and over again in the Gospel of John. It's the disciple Jesus loved. There's this phrase, it just keeps appearing in the Gospel of John. The disciple Jesus loved was walking with the Lord and they were walking together. Peter and the disciple Jesus loved were running to the, to the tomb. Uh, Jesus said to the disciple he loved, to care for my mother. Like, there's, this phrase just keeps coming up in the Gospel of John over and over again. The disciple Jesus loved. Almost to the point of, okay, it's getting a little weird. Like, what, what's the deal? He had 12 disciples. Why is only one the disciple Jesus loved? Well, the disciple Jesus loved is John. He's the author. In the first century, it was considered rude for an author to refer to themselves in the first person, which is why at no time in any of the Gospels do you ever read, Jesus and I were walking along the shore, or one time Jesus said to me, the word me or I doesn't occur in first century literature. It just didn't happen. So people wrote themselves into the story using third person uh, writing, and John's deepest sense of himself as he drops himself into the narrative in the third person is, he's the disciple Jesus loved. So if you said, John, who are you? John, show me some ID. John, show me the deepest core of who you are. He would look you in the eye and say, I am a person deeply loved by God. I hope that's your sense of yourself today. Despite all the failures, despite all the screw-ups, despite all the, the, the times you've disappointed yourself or disappointed others, I hope you're able to know that you are a person deeply, deeply loved by God today. That's who you are. That is a great place to start because that then leads us to our purpose. Isaiah 43 continues. This is verse uh, 5. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from east and west. I will say to the north and south, bring my sons and daughters back to Israel. From the distant corners of the earth, bring all who claim me as their God. 
For I have created them for my glory. It is I who created them. You were created for God's glory. You want to know what your purpose is? You want to know who you are and you want to know what your purpose is? I'm saying, this is, we can shortcut, man. People spend years looking for this, these answers. I'm saving you all a lot of time and money today. I hope you appreciate it. You want to know who you are and what your purpose is? Who you are is you're a person deeply loved by God and your purpose is to glorify God on this planet. These are big answers. This is important. Your purpose, you are a created being and God created you to glorify him. So you're going to do that. You are going to glorify God whether you want to or not. You reflect God's glory to the world around you even if it's by accident. God was showing off when he made you. You reflect God's glory to the world around you even if you don't believe that you do. Because this this is the purpose to which you were made. You were made to glorify him. You were made to reflect his glory to the world around you. We reflect God's glory to the world like the moon reflects the sunlight. Now, we, this is our first big, like, it's our first, like, weekend of summer, right? I mean, it's hot, it's beautiful, you know, the, the sun's warm, and we're enjoying it, because things are starting to get back to normal, and, like, life is returning, and people are having barbecues, and, like, you know, last night, I mean, late at night, I could hear, I don't know what, what's like in your neighborhood, but I could hear three or four gatherings, you know, uh, late into the night, just people talk, and it was almost like in an earlier, you know, two years ago, I would have been like, I just hope this goes, we keep it down. Last night, I was like, this is so great. I'm just so glad people are out there connecting. So you feel the warmth of the sun, and the sunlight is wonderful, and I mean, and, and the sun is a pretty amazing thing. I mean, it's millions of miles away, like truly it's millions of miles away, and it is combusting. It is just out there blazing away, combusting in the cosmos, and even as far away as it is, it can still burn you. It's that glorious, it's that radiant, it's that incredible. Equally beautiful, I think is moonlight. Any fans of moonlight in the room? Love moonlight. Love it. When the moon is full and it's cutting through the the, the leaves on the trees and it casts a shadow on the ground. In winter, when there's snow on the ground and there's a full moon and it might as well be daylight because everything's so bright. The word moonlight is a misnomer. The moon does not generate light. The moon is not combusting. The moon is not luminous. It is technically a dead thing which reflects the light of another. It generates nothing on its own. It only shows us sunlight. The moon reflects the glory of another. We were made to reflect the glory of God, and we miss it because we forget who we are. You forget who you are, you start living for other purposes. Now, you forget who you are, you forget you're a person deeply loved by God, you forget you were made to glorify God, and now you default into some other purpose. And that's what happens. We default into another purpose. If you're not on point and doing what you were made to do and doing what you were born to do, you'll fill in the blank. We're looking for purpose. You'll find a purpose for which to live. Your default mode, if you're not thinking about it, I know, you're just, hey, listen, I'm busy. I don't have time for philosophical thoughts like, who am I? I get it. 
If you're, if you're not thinking about that and you're not thinking about the purpose to which you're, you're born, you'll default into another purpose. The, the, I think the most basic of which is, I'm just really busy. I'm just kind of living for the weekend. Leave me alone. Living for the weekend is a thing, yes? A lot of people out there living, no? That was awful quiet. None of you live for the week. No, I got you. I've been there. You've been there. We've all been there. A lot of people are still there. Look, I'm just grinding it out in my nine to five during the week so I can get to the weekend and cut loose and party a little bit and have a little bit of a break before I have to come back to work Monday morning. I'll just live that. That's, that's like the base thing. If you don't have a greater purpose, you will default into that. Think about it a little more. Ponder your goals and start trying to elevate yourself. And you might make it your goal to make a lot of money. Maybe you're living for money. Maybe you're living for that next relationship. Relationships are huge. People trying to complete one another with a relationship. Maybe you're looking for your uh, next acquisition. You're looking for that next goal. You're just defaulted into living for something. But the truth is, you will not find the purpose to which you were born until you glorify God on purpose. Until you wake up in the morning and think, I just want to reflect God to the world around me. To, re to, to reflect God to the world around us, we have to face God and see him, yes? We have to be oriented towards him. Here's another way to say it. You will glorify God the most when you are most satisfied in him. When God and your relationship with him is the thing that satisfies you most, you'll look to him and you'll see him and you'll connect with him and you will reflect him to the world around you. But what happens is we get distracted. We get distracted by other things. We turn and we start reflecting other stuff. Let me say it differently. If the moon isn't full, if the moon isn't properly and fully reflecting the glory of the sun back onto the earth, it is because the world got in the way. The world gets in the way for us. We turn our eyes to other things. We orient ourselves towards other things. We reflect other things. And many are busy trying to generate their own light. Lots of people out there trying to be luminous, trying to convince the world of how fabulous they are. Trying to say, look at me and see how brightly I burn and acknowledge me with social media following or with uh, fame or with affirmation or with money or with some other thing and I'm going to burn as bright as I can possibly there's nothing wrong with having goals team but if your goal is to be luminous in and of yourself you missed it you missed the purpose to which you were born and only when we find the purpose to which we were born will we be fully and finally satisfied Anybody remember the Born Identity? Remember that movie? Any movie people in the house? Anyone ever seen a movie? Just check, hello? Just a, a lot of silence coming out. Okay, so the Born Identity, yeah? Jason Bourne wakes up in a fishing boat. He's got three passports, a bunch of money, and a gun. Three passports with three different names. He doesn't know, and he's got amnesia. He doesn't know if any of these three passports is the real him. And, and through the course of the movie, he has to figure out, like he's just putting together clues as to his true identity, who he is. I feel like sometimes that's us. We're just, we're trying to figure out which, ver we got three different passports. We operate this way when we're with this group of people. This is my passport into my, my work friends. And I got this passport that it hangs out with this group of people. This is me when I'm hanging with my church friends. And I got this passport when I'm with this group. Of, it's like, there's, there's different versions of us. 
And, 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 and we face different things and reflect different things depending on what crowd we're with. You do that, you lose yourself. You are a person deeply loved by God. You were made to reflect God's glory to the world around you. That's what you were made for. And when you, you accomplish that, when you do that, this is you living your fullest and most satisfied self. We glorify God the best when we are most satisfied in him. Our problem is we, we, we tend to get satisfied in lesser things. Ultimately, that can never fill us up. Like living for the weekend. A lot of people in that world, right? Ultimately, you're going to find it'll never be enough. You, you, and, and maybe your thing is, is money. It'll never be enough. Maybe it's relationships. It'll never be enough. Maybe it's your next sexual conquest. It'll never be enough. You will chase and chase and chase and chase until you, re until you rest in the purpose to which you were born, to glorify God to the world around you. Short of that, you will be ever-consuming and ever-empty and you'll, you'll fail to know your own identity. And that's tragic. I want each of us to be able to answer that question. Somebody says, who are you? Try that at the DMV. I'm a person deeply loved by God. I'd like a new driver's license. <laughs> I don't know. Probably, maybe you'll get a smile. It's not easy to get a smile at the DMV. Don't try that at the DMV. It's a bad idea. But in your own, in your own shall I say, self-talk, for you to know, let's start here, team, as we talk about identity crisis. Who you are, you're a person deeply loved by God. You're not a disappointment to him. Whatever it was you did, he saw it coming. Whatever mistakes you made, he already knew they were going to happen. He's already made allowances for your failures. And he welcomes you back today with open arms hoping that you will find him the most satisfying thing, that you will accomplish the purpose to which you were born, to face him, to be fully satisfied in him, and to reflect his glory to the world around you, to abandon wholesale this futile attempt to be so luminous yourself and to simply reflect who he is. That's who you are. That's what you were made for. And we'll pick it up right from here in part two. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we thank you for the scriptures that whisper these things to us. That you love us deeply. That you love us dearly. That even when we pass through deep waters, even when we go through fires of oppression, even when we make mistakes, even, even when we screw things up so hopelessly, that you're there to redeem us restoring us and reminding us that we are your dearly loved children and that our purpose on this planet is to keep our eyes on you and to reflect you to the world around us. May we internalize that deeply and live that out in our day-to-day -day lives. We pray together in Jesus' name.
Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give, or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word True North to 77977 on your cell phone, and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.